Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 12 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the NOCO 400 at Martinsville Speedway. Steve, welcome back to episode 12 and another short track race for the NASCAR Cup Series. How are you doing? All right. Yeah, it was fun to watch the train go round and round and round uh, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting weekend for NASCAR as a whole with uh, the, the issues with the rain on Friday, um, the series you're the sanctioning body's first effort to use the wet weather tires. And I, I don't know how much, and I was probably annoying about it on Friday with people that were making comments and stuff, but these are not rain tires. They're wet weather tires. You weren't supposed to run in the rain. Some of the TV folks were even confused about it, saying it. Kyle Bush said, we have these tires so we can run in the rain. He was upset because he finished second in the truck race and they didn't go back out after it was raining. I don't know why we have these rain tires. if We didn't go out and run in the rain. And um, what I'm figuring out, though, is that people aren't upset. Uh, they understand that NASCAR wants them to be wet weather tires, but the fans want them to be rain tires. So that's where I think I was I was losing that battle. And uh, anywho, that, that kicked off the weekend. That made it a little bit weird. Uh, the Xfinity Series race I thought was pretty good. And then we we get out to the the Cup Series race, which the spring race last year, I think in Jeff Gluck's poll, we had got like an 18% of people that liked the race. Um, the fall race because of the hail melon at uh, Martinsville, I think was up in the sixties or 70% of people liking it. I think mostly for that moment. And um, this race was a race. Um, it was one of them. <laughs> and uh, um, Ryan, you know, luckily there's, you know, drama and passing and stuff for us to follow along because of the, the position the 12 team was in. Um, but if, I don't know if you're a fan of anybody else. I mean, the, the some of the the strategy and the late cautions, I guess, at least gave us something. But you're right. It was kind of a train uh, rolling around for about yeah. probably 350 of the 400 laps. Yeah, as we see, as we'll go through the report, um, the first uh, segment of the race is always some coming and going. And it doesn't matter what type of track. And that's based on setups. You know, they they some teams hit on a setup. Some teams missed on a setup. Some teams were set set up a certain way to, to, for a good qualifying run. And then there comes time to race and not necessarily uh, do good as a job in the race. So there is some coming and going in that first stage. But once they get to the the first break and, and they get their adjustments, uh, most of these crew chiefs adjust the cars pretty well if the, as long as the feedback is good. And uh, they get pretty pretty tight on uh, on lap times and and makes it hard to pass. So I, I found out a way. Really truthfully, um, if you want to improve the short tracks, um, NASCAR, if they've learned anything in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, first thing, seriously, the first thing is tire wear, and I'm sure they're going to you know really try to work on that. But the problem last year is with tire wears, they were having tires blow up too often. So. But secondly, if we learned anything last week, let's just put some dirt on Martinsville. <laughs> right? Uh, wasn't, the, wasn't the racing great at Bristol on the dirt? 
The racing through the, the field was good. More the- wide and sliding sideways and kicking it out in the back end and uh, coming and going and guys passing each other three and four times in the same lap. I think yeah. I'd rather rather than experiment with that in New Hampshire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Put it there too. Let's go. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what the future holds. I, I know that the tires are an, are an issue, and you know, Goodyear NASCAR says like every time they've come back that they've tried to bring a softer and softer tire. It's just really hard to do with this uh, with the next gen car and the low profile tires, and they're afraid of blowouts because they keep bringing softer tires, and teams are running running low air pressures. It's just could be a recipe for disaster. Um, I do think aside from the tires, I think it's still, it's still in the gearbox. It's still in, um, now from what I understand the drivers, it's not like as, as physically demanding to, to shift as much as maybe you'd think it would be. Um, they showed, you know, Ryan's in car several times of him shifting. It just seemed like second nature. Eventually it was kind of a big deal last year having to do it. Um, so that part doesn't bother me as much, but it does, if they miss a corner they can drop a gear and, and just keep going, you know, make a mistake over and over again, and they'll get saved by being able to downshift. So um, I don't know what they, what they need to do, but I've said this from the beginning, once they started shifting on, on short tracks that they just need to get, do away with that as quickly as possible. I thought they would change the ratio going into this season, but I think there's more to that than just simply, changing the gear ratio and getting them to stop. I think the engine, there's a lot, there's a lot to do with horsepower and the engine and um, a lot of the other setups. So that, that's, that's another thing I read. Um, no, there was one thing I, uh, I can't think of who was on the discord chat. Now I'm, I'm sorry. I'm blanking. Um, said that, it sh- that uh, they're saying it's easy to change the horsepower and so forth. But then I'm hearing on um, the teardown today, Jeff, and, and then we're talking, uh, one of the reporters asked that question, in the garage area after the race about, you know, about that. And a crew chief told or car engineer, one of the two from, I think Hendrick told them that truthfully, they are 12 months to 18 months away on parts that they would have to get to make those modifications to those engines to change the horsepower package that much. So somewhere in between there lies the truth. Um, but I think they're in a box where it'd be next year before they could even make that kind of move if they wanted to try that um, beyond changing the shape of the car, you know, or something. So, yeah, and I think the part of it is they could, you know, these engines have like a, a tapered spacer on them that are more famously known for the what were the former res- restrictor plate tracks. But that does lower the horsepower on the engines. They said, oh, they could just pop that off. But the engines are, you know, these are so meticulously designed that if it is making more horsepower, it's going to affect some of the other parts that they're using in there, probably wear and tear wise. So there's just so much that goes into it. It's, it's not a quick fix. And I wish it was maybe something they addressed over the offseason. But maybe um, this offseason, we'll, we'll have to struggle through this a little bit and um, hope that there's there's some passing and speed and drama form some other ways on these short tracks the rest of this season. Um, but Hey, how about we jump into this recap? You know, I think we were pretty, pretty exciting for, for qualifying considering Ryan has been fast at Martinsville pretty consistently has an average start of 9.3. Um, but talk about how practice and qualifying really ended up going for for the 12 team this week. Yeah. 20 minutes there in group a and first off, um, Five, it was five minutes into practice before they hit the track. And uh, this is something that, you know, because everybody looks at that single lap time that everybody puts down. Well, truthfully, the best single lap guys are usually the guys who go out 
first. And as we talked back and forth and texting over the weekend, you know, the guys who go out a little later, there's rubber laid down at that point. And if they hit in the rubber, they're not getting the grip and so forth. So, um, truthfully, uh, yeah, he, he went out later and it, uh, didn't give them such a good lap time for that single lap that you look at. Um, they did, um, you know, they had them doing, I don't know, they did over 30 laps. So, you know, that's another thing. And, and somebody asked that question uh, on social media, a couple of different places about, well, where's these averages at? Because um, I was getting a report from listening to the scanner, you know, Jonathan um, tells him at one point that after 10 laps, they're faster than anyone else by a 10th, um, you know, so they ran 42 laps but you don't get that um, lap average till like probably like 10 or 15 minutes after the practice has ended or sometimes it's even after qualifying. So you have to keep checking back with the, uh, the uh, NASCAR.com app and to find that lap average. And, and it's kind of interesting because actually uh, they were top five in a 30 lap average. So I knew, and, and we, we put it on social media here and there uh, discord and so forth that they're going to be in decent shape. And the reason we kind of had to do that is because the group qualifying <laughs> did not go well. Um, they were <laughs> 14th in their group at one point. And then I think it it was just, it was, a, I don't know what had happened. They just missed something. And I say they, I, I don't mean just the 12 team. Uh, the two team was in that group also, and they were way back there. The 22 was in the next grouping. Um, so they had a little bit of a time to adjust a little bit on it. Uh, but they were still, I think they started like 15th or something like that. Um, so yeah, it ends up being, um, he's a uh, Ryan says there's no grip anywhere. Um, and, uh, they start 31st. Um, and there was all those, uh, uh, Stuart Haas cars <laughs> in the top 10. Um, so they did a great job of qualifying. They had, they had something figured out, but like I said, once again, Ryan's car in the, in the 30 lap average was the fifth best. So, once we knew once the drop of the green flag that things were going to change here. Um which honestly good for good for Stuart Haas because they've been outside of the four team and the fourteen winning at Phoenix last year. They've been kind of struggling mm-hmm. for the last two to three seasons. So yeah. for them to finally hit on something and every single you so that shows you it was definitely organizational. Every single one of their cars was fast, including the the pole setter. Yeah. They were um, I think in the top seven, the four of them. So um, stages of 80, the 180 for the second stage there, and 400 for the finish. Uh, eight sets of tires. Fuel run was going to be 175 to 190. Uh, they chose pit stall 40, uh, which is the second to the last pit stall. So he had to 23 behind him and the 10 in front of him. And this will come into play the first couple pit stops because those two cars were running in front of Ryan. Uh, during the race or during every part of the race. And uh, we talk about pit selection every week. And normally, like we've said, Jonathan, the 12 team are always trying to pick clear in, clear out. When you qualify 31st, you do not have that luxury yeah. at all. So if you're wondering why it was weird for them to pick a spot that was going to be tricky, they didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, 22 to the rear uh, for the start of the race, they found um, uh, water. Um, water line or something that was yes but 
some sort of fluid fluid leak. They described it as a water leak. I'm not sure if it was in a, a reservoir or something like that, but it's an unapproved adjustment, something they needed, though, uh, to make sure the car was going to be safe to operate on Sunday. And so, unfortunately, they're going to start, like you said, 15th, immediately drop to the back. And you're probably going to mention this, but that did benefit Ryan uh, a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, Joey was an odd number um, start, so Joey pulls down to the uh, to the inside, and Ryan gains one row before they even get started. So actually, doesn't technically start as thirty first; he starts as twenty ninth. Um, and uh, the leader actually chooses the low lane too. And as you know, at Martinsville, the low lane is the lane. And um, I actually listened to uh, Todd uh, Todd Gordon last week on on. Uh, one of his shows uh, it was a podcast version of it and talked about Ryan wrapping the bottom. And uh, it was extremely, extremely fun to watch this first uh, stage. Uh, they start off lap one. He starts 29th and uh, lap two. This is, this is cool. Cause in my notes, it's just one line after another lap two passes the 31 at lap four passes the 42 at lap five passes the 43. And he does this on the outside he goes on the outside of the 43 at lap nine. He passes the two at lap 10. He passes the seven at lap 14 passes the 34 at lap 19 passes the nine lap 27 passes the 20 lap 29 passes the 47 at lap 32 passes the 54 at lap 38 passes the six at lap 43 passes the three at lap 50 passes the 16 uh, lap 58 passes the 17 at lap 62 passes the eight and at lap 68 passes the 19 that puts him up to 13th. By that point, um, now lap traffic starts getting away a little bit here. And uh, so at the end of the stage, he's, he's 13th and the 41 led the whole time, clean air, getting out front for the most part, this is, uh, you know, how it's going to work all day. So, and Ryan had a, had the wonderful multi-camera in-car camera this week. So we were treated with that show all race long is a little glitchy at the beginning of the race, but it, it, it smoothed itself out and we got to see, you know, pretty much every pass. And I, I almost watched the race like you do every week where I just looked at that. I didn't even worry about what was going on with the leaders because one, there wasn't much action happening up front. Um, it was Ryan it was pretty much Ryan was the only one moving through the field. So yeah. all week long, we heard about how, and Ryan himself, even in the second half of this race is frustrated, but you know, we can't pass. You can't pass. And like, uh, you're doing a pretty decent job passing some pretty strong cars. You know, there's some strong cars that were in the back. It wasn't just all, you know, back marker cars. So, um, man, that was probably the most exciting stage of the race. And mm-hmm. then the rest is okay. But that was, that was really fun to watch. Well, yeah. And that's why I said earlier, uh, now, you know, everybody gets their first adjustment. And if these, any of these crew chiefs are worth their salt, uh, and, and they are, um, most of these guys are going to be a lot tighter all of a sudden. And because of the situation with the, the style of racing and, uh, you know, they, they get within a 10th of each other uh, on their lap times. It was like 21.5 and 21.4 and 21.6. And in that range, once you got to somebody, it took something extraordinary to get to them. And even if you wanted to bump them out of the way, you had to be fast enough to get to them and to bump them out of the way. And, you know, Ryan does this at a couple of occasions coming up here, but for the most part, it it was really, really hard to do. Um, Now, uh, the only thing he really asks for at this point is a little bit of drive off. Um, And I have written here, he's coming around the 23 uh, to pit here. He's got the 10 in front of him, the 23 behind him. He's on the bend of uh, turns three and four where the pit stall is. So um, 
the 23 and the 10 are actually in front of Ryan race-wise. So as he's coming in, he's got to go around the 23 and do it in such a way that doesn't block the 23. And in the next two times out there, um, this one and the next one out, um, he basically avoids hitting the right front tire carrier and uh, does a good job getting to the box. They're barely in the box because Jonathan makes a comment once or twice afterward. But even Ryan says to him, he says, look, I, I try not to hit a guy, you know, too. So, um, And to make go- this even more difficult, NASCAR, in, uh, if you ever will have to walk it out on pit road this year, you'll see they've actually introduced some little squares that are on the pit boxes that make it even more difficult for drivers getting into their box because they want to get them as far away from those crew members doing their work. So um, sometimes guys would get really, really close to, to, to those guys as they're doing their job, but they've made it mm-hmm. a rule now to make it even tougher to get around there. So I, I definitely commend uh, the 12 team and Ryan for dealing with this most of the day and doing it pretty successfully. Yeah. He, um he goes in 13th and comes out 14th. And uh, it's the 19 car is the only car I have him pass passing him on this the sequence. So, um, just barely. It was like yeah by a, a hair, yeah. by less than an inch. They they were basically drag racing the whole way as far as they could, uh, within yeah, reason. So, they didn't speed. So the pit stop itself is really really strong pit stop considering what they what they had to deal with there. Um, leader of the 41 takes the bottom right, takes the top there, and Jonathan and Ryan. Uh, uh, Oh, not Jonathan. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. They say um, only half, they've passed half the field, so you only have to pass half of many now to get here. <laughs> so the restart lap 90 um, sorts out to 15th here. Um, and I at lap 106, it's pretty stagnant. You know, they pretty much, you know, back and forth there, he's racing the 38. Um, and he's kind of mad at the 38 because, you know, 38's racing them hard. Uh, lap 111, uh, it says the car is not as good this run. At lap 115, uh, the 41 is leading Ryan is in 15th. The lap times are within a tenth, like I said, and um, he's 10 seconds back at the leader. So the car, he says the car is not as good, but the truth is, is he's as good as everybody else. They're all in the same box right now, and nobody really has anything extraordinary, you know. Um, and Ryan comments that the 38 has great drive off. Uh, at lap 123. This is um, a question I actually was able to ask uh, Jonathan uh, post-race at, um, you know, the drive-off, because uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm a novice. I don't necessarily understand, you know, drive-off. And the way it was explained to me is that it's actually the throttle. It's when he hits the throttle, how how well the car jumps, you know, and um, some, some engine tuning and so forth, you know, Yates engines, you know, who knows? I mean, cause 38 is a Ford also. So, you know, what, what, what was prepared there? That's a little bit different or better or worse. You know, um, it's not necessarily mechanical grip. And like I said, Ryan is extremely good at wrapping the bottom. So as we're watching the in car during all these laps, um, he's getting to the rear bumper here and getting to the end, end of the turn. And then all of a sudden losing him a little bit, you know, and then when you're trying to get past somebody, you can't have that. So, um, at lap 134, we get a caution for the 21 spending spinning here. Um, Ryan's looser in uh, no drive off here. He definitely wants to go back on any kind of changes they made. Um, like I said, the pit box caused a little bit of an issues here. So they, they're pitting They're in 15th They're out 16th here. And, um, the one car stayed out. So actually, I don't think he actually lost a position here. I think they, they stayed even the, the 16th is based on the fact that one stayed out. Um, uh, the 19 and the 41 and the 23, all get a penalty. 
uh, 38, uh, and the 34 took two tires. So, um, there were a couple different changes there here. Jonathan says he went back on his changes. And so they're 13th for the choose cone here with the one leading. The one takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom here. The restart lap 142 sorts out to 14th. Um, the three car passes him in a couple laps. So he ends up 15th here. At lap 148, I have the 34 kind of hitting Ryan. And <laughs> I don't know, you know, this yeah. is one of, you know, so. I think Ryan may have moved him. The 34 was ahead of him, I believe, at one point. And yeah. you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but and for the people all year long that have just been saying Ryan needs to be more aggressive, Ryan needs to be more aggressive. We said it last year. We thought he was the more the most aggressive he's ever been. This year, I think he's maybe even doubled that aggression because his move through the field early in the race involved a lot of uh, warning taps, and then in some cases. A little bit more than that to move some guys out of the way. I think he did. <laughs> he may have moved the 34 a little bit more aggressively than he, he had other people. And uh, it was the 34 came back with a vengeance, I would say. He was ramming the back. And if you saw um, some in car or bumper cameras from guys running behind Ryan the rest of this race, uh, that rear end of that advanced auto parts Ford Mustang was pretty scuffed up, I think, from mm-hmm. that incident specifically. But it put them all in a bad spot because I think they end up three wide here because the 34 just started ramming him, uh, ramming the the car from the back. So, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely some aggression was shown on all accounts <laughs> at that moment of the race. And also there's a few other parts of the race, too. Uh, lap 150 here, he's, he's saying he's plying tight, no drive off. Uh, the one car is still leading. Um, and uh, at lap 156 here, the 16 passes him. He's in 16th. And uh, lap 159, the uh, 24 passes him. So he's in 17th. He says he's uh, pretty loose here. And um, at lap 167, I got the four car taking the lead. So the, there was a little bit of cha- another change at the front here. Um Lap 170, he's saying he's trying to get me a little tighter. Um, and it's funny is he's faster than the next 10 in front of him by two tenths. So they are, because of how well he runs consist- consistent laps, and, um, you know, he's he's pretty true to his line, although he tried a couple different lines at different times. Um, he doesn't burn up the tires as much as other guys, and, and, and he, over a longer run, longer haul, you know, 60, 80 laps in, he'll be faster than guys, you know? So, um, they, uh, the end of the stage here, uh, Ryan is in 17th, the four winnings, of the stage, um, Jonathan talks about putting a little wedge in to help the exit. Um, they pit, uh, in 17th and out 14th. Um, the 23 was not in the way at this time because he had passed the, the 23. So, um, because 23 got the penalty earlier. So this pit stop is an, is a great pit stop because he's in the box where he wants to be in the box. He didn't have to go around the guy. And like I said, three places they gained on that, that pit stop alone. Uh, for the choose here, the 14 is now the leader. He takes the bottom. Ryan takes the top. Um, so that gains Ryan a row restart lap 192. Sorts out to 14th, uh, lap 198, he passes the seven and gets to 13th. Um, the seven, the seven does a little banging. <laughs> he's a little mad that he got passed, uh, lap 210, the 13 and he's in P13. He's chasing the 48 and the 54 is behind him. Uh, he's a 10th fast in the next six cars, but can't pass anybody. Uh, lap 222, um, he says he locked up the front left, thinks he flat spotted it. 
Um, I did see that on the in car. There's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of smoke. And I said, well, that's not good. And it actually had happened, you know, just a few laps after he radioed over to Jonathan and Josh that he was trying to save tires. And I was like, well, that might've just went out the window. Yeah. So, um, top two thirty says it looks like a parade because they're just one after the other. Um, at lap 248, he passes the 48, gets to 12. He had to bump him a little bit to get around him. Uh, the 48 was loose, he said. <laughs> he may have been a little loose, but Ryan made sure he was loose. Um, he was closing in on the one at that point. At uh, lap 250, uh, the 11 took the lead. At lap 262, um, if, if Ryan says, if we get to a stop here, I just need tightened up a bit. I'm much better. I just can't pass anybody. At uh, lap 270 is when he tries a couple different lines here, help him drive off, but it's too loose. So he comes into the turn, tries to diamond the turn a little bit more instead of wrap, just totally wrapping the bottom. Um, and uh, it doesn't really change the lap times very much. I mean, but he's just saying it's too loose. At lap 275, um, Jonathan tells him we're 15 to 20 laps from a green flag stops, you know, which at Martinsville hardly ever happens. Um Lap 282, he passes the one. He's up to 11th. And then I got lap 287 here. He's pitting from 11th uh, to start the cycle. Now, I usually try to keep track of the whole cycle at this point. Hopefully, they get through the green flag cycle. Hopefully. Yeah, and he's uh, he is the first one to do this. So this in the, even the, the TV folks, if you were listening to that, mentioned that they thought maybe it was a little bit early so maybe this is a this is kind of a this is a strategy call a little bit of a gamble Mm -hmm. uh, by jonathan to do this and you know i like the call get in there as soon as you can enjoy those fresh tires for about maybe the two or three laps that they'll really count and Mm -hmm. uh come out of here with uh you know hopefully gaining four or five positions by doing that and it it seemed like it was gonna work yeah, I mean they they they're running and other guys are pitting. And some guys haven't pitted yet. Um, truthfully, if I figured it out, if it would have stayed green the way we figured it, I think we figured ninth is where he would have probably sorted out to based on the guys that had stayed out. Yeah. Uh, but we get the caution at lap three hundred three. Now, uh, it's for the seventy eighth tire who's up against the wall coming out of turn four onto the straightaway. There, it's out of the groove un- unless you're going to pull a Ross Chastain and go down that wall. Um, and it's funny because Ryan gets a little frustrated because the caution comes out and he thinks he's screwed. Yep. Um, the TV shows him as just getting the lucky dog. Uh, another lap, if another lap, he'd have been back on the lead lap probably, which would have been really crazy. Um, but a lap uh, earlier, if they called it when they probably should have called that caution, called it. he would have been yeah second or third in line for the lucky dog. I think the six was on pit road. And then he would have had to do a wave around and play that game. Yep. And that game didn't work for, for many people at all. So, um, could be worse. Yeah. It could have been worse. But it could have uh, been a lot better. Yeah. It could have been a lot better. <laughs> another lap or two later. And it's kind of funny because, uh, okay. Then, you know, the nine nines lean at this point, um, before the pit, before they do the pitting. And, um, you know, as they pit, he has to pit second time around because he is the lucky dog. Uh, the 14 takes the lead here. Now I have him tail end, but he's tail end of lead lap and then lap down the cars. Then behind him will be anybody who took the wave around. So he's going to have fresh tires on the guys that are behind him. Um, that are still going to be on the lead lap. Um, you know who this this really benefited. You know the two car was out to lunch all day. They were done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logano was running long here and was on back. He'd been lapped 
the lapped he'd been lapped at least twice uh during this race already mm-hmm. and um he was running long was on the lead lap because he stayed out so long and he's the one that 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 benefits from this and that just i was just saying man it's like totally uh, totally out the lunch too and then the race just falls into into his yeah. lap and i'm like yeah. where's this luck for us so yeah. i mean we're lucky enough i guess to although, get, although, survive with the lucky dog but still yeah. man i mean um you know I don't have it written here, but d- during the, during the caution, the discussion was about that. Like Ryan was like, man, they should have called that earlier. And then he says it like, he's like, yeah, but if they'd have called it earlier, I would have been a lap down. <laughs> I mean, he realizes that he got, he got lucky just to be the lucky dog at that point. Um, but he really, but he's did, he saw it. He's like, they should have called that earlier. I was sitting over there for two or three laps, you know? Um, so at lap three thirty five here, uh, you know, after the restart, well, I'm sorry, the restart was a lap 312, uh, lap 335, still in 12th here, but now he had to get around the two or three cars that were laps down in front of him. Um, like I said, lap times are all still within the 10th radio is pretty quiet here. And then we get the caution for the 15 at lap 343. And now this is in the discord, um, uh, because mm-hmm. every week, you know, there's a group of group of Blaney fans that get in our discord chat and we just chat through the race and when it gets to strategy call time, it's always so funny because people are usually quiet about what they should do. And then the pits will to cycle through and then everybody starts making their, you know, they should have done this or they should have done that. Cause they see that this many people jumped up and passed this many cars because they took no tires or two tires or, or whatever they did. And, um, I always kind of give people, um, a little heat for for that because it's like well yeah it's especially after they they go green and you see mm-hmm. whether the the call really really worked and I'm like yeah it's really easy to call strategy calls after you've already seen it cycle through so I like immediately was just like okay everybody what would you do right now and it was before they pitted and kind of pulled some folks and then mm-hmm. um, now you could talk about what they actually did do on this stop but it um, it was interesting to see I just wanted to make sure I, I knew what people wanted to do before the call was made and then let's see how it how it ends up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, this is, it's interesting. Um, cause we're, list, I listen to the scanner every week that when these calls come up, um, it's not a cut and dry thing. It's usually a discussion, but right away, Ryan says orange. Okay. Is what he says. Now these terms change all the time too, because they're trying to make it so that maybe it's not decipherable by people listening up and down pit road, um, not tipping your hand till you absolutely have to kind of a thing. Uh, but Jonathan agrees with them. You know, he says, I think, uh, you know, we're going to stick with that call, you know? So between the two of them, I mean, Ryan said it first, you know, he looked at whatever thing that he says that what that is, well, what that is, is a two tire change, right sides only. And they go in 12th and come out ninth. Now gained a couple spots on people who, who didn't take, who took four. Um, but there were people who didn't take any, <laughs> you know, um, including it, teammate Joey Logano, who I yeah. aforementioned just said the race fell into his lap and right. Logano comes out with the lead here by staying out. So he goes from a lap down to catching the luckiest caution of his year mm-hmm. to leading the race now by staying out. Yeah. Now here you got, okay. So here's the four cars that stayed out the 22, the 10, the 11 and the 47. Okay. Uh, the car right in front of Ryan coming off pit road was the four car. And Ryan actually sees this as they're coming down the front straightaway. Uh, he says the four cars right front is flat. And uh, like, there was like a thing on the radio, like what? It says, tell them their fright right front is flat. 
and they do, they, then they bring that four car in. Um, so, uh, he gains a spot on that too. And there's a TV shows what happened to that wheel. And that was crazy. Uh, cause the whole wheel was cut up, um, and yeah. really ruined, ruined, ruined his day. Cause he would have started that restart. I think eighth. I mean, they're super, super lucky that the, the wheel stayed on. Uh, but yeah, that is just an issue of the tire changer didn't get the lug tight on the hub and it was, you know, just tight enough or caught in there just enough to where the wheel was staying on and flopping around. So he gets it back to the back, back to pit road. But yeah, the whole thing was sliced and, um, man, they, they're so lucky. They don't end up like the 78 because, you know, it's not as bad as it was last year with the suspensions, but you still, uh, you still don't want to get a penalty like that. And the four was strong. You know, he's one of those Stuart Haas cars and he ran up front all day long and probably had a legitimate shot here mm-hmm. of winning the race with the tires that he was on. Um, but as we've seen with the 12 team issues in the past too, and with many other teams issues in the past, uh, this is a team sport. And unfortunately they kind of let their driver down in that instance. Yeah. So we get um, P eight for the choose here. I got the five and the 99 who took right fronts in front of Ryan. Um, Joey takes the bottom, Ryan takes the top here, restarting at lap 354, sorts out to seventh here. Um, at lap 360, he's racing the 99 with 22 leading. At 362, he clears the 99. Um, at lap 370, the 22 and the five are now racing for the lead. So the five passed, uh, three other cars to get up there to, to Joey, and, um, he does pass him. Um, the 19 passes Ryan at the same time here. So Ryan goes back to eighth, but Ryan, uh, the 19 was on four fresh tires. Um, and at lap 371, the five car with his two, his two tire change passes. Logano takes the lead. Um, we get the five car, of course, winning Ryan ends up seventh. And when, when I say seventh at, at the line, literally, at the line, at the line, uh, he passes the 47 car. Um, so the 47 was one of the guys who took, uh, no tires. Yep. Went, he went from fourth to eighth in those 50 laps. So, you know, no tires worked out for him because it kept him near the front. Um, Ryan, like I said, passes him literally at the line as, as we're watching on the TV there on the, uh, in car and the in car is great. Cause they pull around the track and he let the 47 go past him on the track and they pull up pit lane. And as the cars pull up pit lane, the 47 is right in front of him. And if you're still watching the in car camera, um, Ricky gets out of the car and comes right over to Ryan with a big smile on his face. And then you can't really see because it happens off camera, but yeah. he, he must've said something funny, uh, you know, about how he got beat at the line there or whatever. Um, so that was really kind of cool. Cause he did, he had a big smile on his face when he got out of the car, he wasn't going to fight him or nothing. You know, it was, uh, the, Oh, you got me, you know, kind of a yeah. thing. And I'll have to share. There is a video of the last, um, it said like the finish of the race, but it was Ryan's in car. It was really like the last hour yeah, of the in car. Like, but if you go that. to like the last minute <laughs> of this video uh, on YouTube, you can watch Ryan set up this pass and you could see the 47 actually over those like last 10 laps was really mm-hmm. falling off mm-hmm. and came back to Ryan. And I think Ryan was also helped a little bit by some lap cars that were stacking up in front of the 47. Ryan yeah, goes, goes wide on the outside. And- yeah, on the outside and, and makes this pass. And quite honestly, I've watched the video like five times. To me, it still doesn't look like he got him, uh, but he got him by, by scoring. I think they said it was like by point zero zero three, um, you know, to to get the 47 at the line. And it, again, we talked about the we talked about this multiple times about the Richmond race where he got his first top 10 there, where he tracked the three car down. It was very reminiscent of that. And it just shows you like the fight that these, the fight and the drive that these drivers have 
to where every position matters. And, you know, we saw this, you know, at the cutoff race at Daytona that every point matters all year long. And who knows? I don't want us to get down to that spot, but maybe, you know, second, third round of the playoffs or something like that. And it's he advances by one point. You can point all the way back to this race right here where he fought extremely hard just to get one position at a, in the top 10 in a race at, at Martinsville. Uh, but it definitely made that last 10 or 15 laps fun to watch on the end car. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I mean, really truthfully, if you consider where the day started, where the weekend started on Saturday <clears throat> from 31st to 7th, um, it's a pretty, pretty good day. Um, the 22 gets a little bit better finish, um, uh, based on some real, real luckiness, basically, you know, um, could, you know, but for seventh, for what, like I said, for what they had and what ended up happening, um, pretty good deal, uh, pretty good weekend, uh, pretty happy with it. And, uh, they, they seem pretty happy. This post-race comment seemed pretty happy that they put out on Mondays. Um, and they're onward to Talladega. Yeah. So with that, that was his ninth top 10 finish at Martinsville in 15 starts. He has an average finish of 9.5. So, um, one of his best tracks statistically, um, I don't know that if he starts up front, you know, anything's any better, um, team effort. I, I was just looking at the, the peer tech, um, pit stops of the week for team Penske. The 12 mm-hmm. crew was it with a 9.99 stop. I'm guessing it was probably that one where they had gained the the three positions there mm-hmm. during the race. So, um, yeah, outside of, you know, losing that one position to the 19, just by a hair, they were on the plus side of everything all day long. And that's the kind of race that you need. You had it from the strategy perspective. You had it from the pit crew perspective and you had it from the driver who drove pretty aggressively all day long and put himself in a good position uh, to get a top 10 on a day that could have gone a lot, lot worse, especially considering where he started the race. Um, So let's take a look at the NASCAR cup series standings. So Ryan didn't move up or down in the standings this week. He still holds into the 10th position now, though, he is 61 points back of the leader, which is Christopher Bell. Last week, he was 70 points back. So he did gain nine points this week, despite not gaining any stage points during that race at Bartonsville. Um, up next is Talladega. And who knows <laughs> what's going to happen uh, at, at a racetrack like that. Um, Ryan, luckily, is a, a two-time winner at Talladega in years past. Um Really great super speedway racer. If we take a look at his stats at Talladega Super Speedway, he has 17 starts there, six top tens, four top fives, including two wins, which came back to back in the fall race of 2019 and the spring race of 2020. He has an average start of 12.4, an average finish of 16th. Now, that might not sound impressive, but for a super speedway track where, you know, the big one and crashes and crazy things happen all the time, 16th actually really is not a bad average finish when you have 17 starts there. Um, He has crashed out of that race three times. Uh, went out once with an engine failure when he was with the 21 team in 2015. Um, his last several starts there, let's go, we'll just start with those wins just because. So um, in the fall race of 2019, so he has a win. Spring race 2020 is a win. 25th position uh, when he was in a crash, and then he's ninth, then he's 15th, then he's 11th. And then if everybody remembers this race in the fall, uh, probably one of his best shots to get a win last season. Um, battling with some moves with Chase Elliott at the end of that race, finishes second to the nine car in pretty dramatic fashion. I think that's where we could have used a push from the 34. Didn't get it in time, and Ryan comes home second, but it was a really strong run. Um, 
you want to tune into this race this weekend, the action starts on Saturday. They do have now these are you know, it's in the central time zone, but these are going to be the Eastern times as far as uh, things that are going to be on TV. So FS1, of course, now it's on FS1 this week, Steve, uh, not FS2. Yeah. Practice and qualifying, or just qualifying, sorry, no practice on the super speedways. Qualifying starts at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, 9.30 Central. Uh, the ARCA race is on at 12.30 Eastern time, and the Xfinity Series race happens at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Then on Sunday, the coverage starts at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Fox, and the race goes green just after 3 p.m. Eastern time on Fox with stages of 60, 60, and 68 laps. Thoughts on this weekend, the chances at Talladega. Ryan's one of the best super speedway racers. As far as active drivers go in the Cup Series, they always find a way to run up front, even with this different downforce and aerodynamic package that they have with the next-gen car. 12 car still finds his way to the front of the field. My my number of the week, my stat of the week is 007. <laughs> yes, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe that's the t-shirt I make. I've been talking that's about the t-shirt. One, yeah, I wanted yeah. to make a team Blaney t-shirt for this week, and maybe that's 007. What it is. 007 with Ryan on there. Yeah, because uh he has won the both both wins have been by point zero zero seven. Um that the you know, as long as qualifying qualifying getting rained out is kind of a tough thing. Um the matrix should put them up near the front. Um, but that's, that's where, where he, they like to run. That's the fun part about it is they're not one of these guys who wants to hang in the back. He wants to be near the front, control these races, control the lines, control the movement. I, uh, can't wait to get there. Uh, we're going, uh, we'll be there Sunday. Um, can't wait to put my headset on, make sure my, I got enough batteries and, uh, get the Josh Ryan show going. And, uh, Hopefully we all have a good fun day on Sunday. Yeah, you mentioned the weather a little bit there. It's forecast to be in the the low 70s, mid 60s. You're saying that there's a slight chance of rain in the morning on Saturday. So that's kind of why you're bringing up the metrics uh, with the possibility of qualifying, get it rained out if it does. But Ryan should be in pretty decent position if that does happen. The Fords have been uh, pretty... Uh, strong at super speedway qualifying all year long so that's something that they could also fall back on as well so again if you want to catch this race you're practicing qual- or just qualifying sorry 10 30 p.m or 10 30 a.m eastern time on fs1 the race is at 3 p.m eastern time on fox now there's a couple of other things to talk about talladega this week other than you and i being there in person um if folks see us out and about um, you might be at, there might be a sticker in your future. <laughs> we have some team Blaney stickers. I've, I've shared them a couple of times on, on social media. You can check those out, uh, hit one of us up. Hopefully we'll have a pocket full of them to pass out to folks. Um, the Ryan Blaney family foundation, um, is scheduled to have, uh, their booth there this week in the midway. Um, so you can pick up merchandise, uh, from the foundation and some other unique shirts that they have just that they are selling themselves. Sometimes they've only been available at the track. Um, they have lots of information about the foundation. There's lots of other interesting items too, like jewelry and necklace, other necklaces and, um, flyers, all kinds of stuff that spreads awareness for the causes that they are doing. And then also is a really great, I said, like I said, unique merchandise for Ryan Blaney that you might not see, you know, at the fanatic shop or at the, at the hauler, um, some really, really cool stuff there. I picked up a hat the last time that they're at Daytona. Um, so really looking forward to being able to maybe talk with some of those folks while we're there this weekend. Yeah, the um, they uh, they uh, the flag and anthem put out a T-shirt, I guess, that Ryan is advertising today. That you can only order online, as far as I know, right now. Um, but uh, the 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 
the uh, the tent is really awesome. It's stock full of great stuff. Great people there. Uh, Patty runs a great show. Um, yeah, you and I probably meet up there at some point. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put out a thing letting people will know what time even just in case. Uh, I know that uh, uh, there's a couple people that are going to be in town, and hopefully we'll be able to meet with meet up with them. And uh, uh, you know, it should be it should be a fun event. Uh, that'll be Sunday morning. Um, there's something going on Friday uh, at the track too. Yeah. So one, one other thing, if you are in town and you're a Ryan Blaney fan, and if you're in town on Friday, um, Ryan is actually being inducted into the Talladega walk of fame at Davy Allison Memorial park. Now the park is not at the track. It's actually in downtown Talladega. It's something that the city uh, started several years ago. They've been inducting several drivers. So there's tons of, you know, the biggest names in racing and specifically guys that have been really successful at Talladega that have been inducted into this kind of memorial pathway. Each driver has a little plaque with their face on it. Um, not like a full sculpture, but it does kind of come up off the plaque. So it'll be interesting, honestly, to see what Ryan's little uh, face sculpture looks sculpture looks like on the plaque. Um, and then they're all set along this nice walkway within this park that honors uh, the memory of Davy Allison. So Ryan was selected this year uh, as the inductee. The previous inductee was Clint Boyer, and it actually happened in 2019. Um, they haven't done this uh, in the last couple of years because of the pandemic. So um, they're kicking it back off again, and they've decided to induct Ryan, who is a two-time, as we mentioned, Talladega winner. Um there's lots of, it was interesting comments on the, you know, the posts that we put about it on social media were all pretty positive. Uh, a lot of people are a little bit confused about, you know, someone like Ryan, who's still really young in his career, getting selected for something like this. You just have to remember, this isn't the NASCAR Hall of Fame. This isn't the International Motorsports Hall of Fame. This is a walk of fame inside a memorial park at Talladega that's honoring people that have been really successful driving at Talladega. And I would have to say, based on Ryan's career stats and his two wins there, very, very deserving of this. So if you want to attend this ceremony, it's happening from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time at the Davy Allison Memorial Park in downtown Talladega. They're going to have a ceremony, and they're also going to have a block party with food trucks and live music and I think lots of stuff for kids to do. So if you're already camping at the track or if you're already in town early on Friday, go and check this out again, 5 p.m. Central Time at the Davy Allison Memorial Park where they have this Talladega Walk of Fame, and it should be really, really cool honor uh, for Ryan. Yeah, if you get there, um, tweet us. Tweet, tweet at us. So the, uh, send a picture or two out. Uh, Blaney fans do a really good job of sending pictures of some of this stuff and uh, share it with us. Uh, it's it's a really kind of a cool thing to have an honor like that, uh, you know, in an early in your young career. So that's going to be really cool. So again, Talladega this weekend, hit up the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation's tent that they're going to have set up there. Check out this induction ceremony for the Walk of Fame. So that's what we have on Talladega. Let's jump back for just a little bit. Um, and go through or the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league results from the race at Martinsville Speedway. I'll have to say how the mighty have fallen as I finished in the top 10 last week. I didn't even pay attention. I'll have to look and see. Oh, good. My, my garage pick actually worked out eh, kind of okay. Um, take a look at my starters for the week. Um, had Martin Truex Jr., Got me 34 points. William Byron, man, he was probably on a ton of people's fantasy lineups. He was, you know, one of the favorites to win the race on a lot of the betting odds. And they just did not show up. So I had William Byron in the in the lineup there, 15 points. 
Denny Hamlin did really well for me, 44 points. Kevin Harvick did well, could have done better if they didn't have that pit road mishap, 32 points. Alex Bowman got me 26 points. So last week, I think I averaged probably like 40 points across all of my picks. That didn't happen this week. and uh, This is why I ended up, I think, in the 50th position in points earned. In the garage, I had Ryan Priest. Uh, I did give me 32 points, so... If I was really paying attention, I probably should have moved him up instead of Byron or somebody like that, um, because Priest is probably not going to be a guy I'm using a lot this year anyway. So that's on me for not moving um, him out of the garage and replacing somebody else. Um, Featured matchups. I picked Christopher Bell over Ryan Blaney. That was wrong, and I probably shouldn't have done that anyway, and that's probably my fault. Uh, (laughs) Overall, never pick against Ryan. Um, I picked William Byron over Truex. That was wrong. I picked uh, Ryan Priest over D- Austin Dillon. That was wrong. Uh, the only one I got right out of these four matchups was picking Denny Hamlin over Kyle Busch, who, man, the RCR cars really struggled uh, the week this weekend at Martinsville. So that was right. Hamlin over Kyle Busch. Uh, what did your starting lineup look like for this past week at Martinsville? Well, you know what? You know what really changed the dynamic of the race was the two cautions late in stage three. And by that point, if you had made some sort of uh, swapping out of the garage, that's where it, the issue happened. And, that, and that's true. I had Byron, I had Truex, I'm sorry, uh, in the lineup and I swapped him because at the point before the end of stage two, uh, Byron was actually doing better than, than Truex. <laughs> and then these things happened and, uh, Byron, same thing. Byron ended up being killer, uh, for me. I had Chase Briscoe who had the number one amount of points, uh, Tyler Reddick, who is our 10th ranked in points there with 30, uh, had Larson 43 points there and Harvick with 32 points. So pretty good. But like I said, I, uh, lost almost 20 points if I'd had just left Truex where he was, um, in the matchups, I had Ryan over Christopher. I didn't think Christopher was going to do that good. Um, I had, uh, Byron though over Truex and that was not good. I had, uh, priest because he started up front i kind of figured that he would still do better than dylan but yep, once again this whole field getting flipped around the way it did dylan ended up 12th and uh ryan was priest was 15th um i had kyle bush uh over denny hamlin and kyle bush really didn't run a very good race at all uh i was surprised he was not anywhere in the hunt uh like i thought he would be but and once again the late caution and everything changed the field uh you know like i said because denny ended up finished from fourth so yeah, you'd think that your lineup that you had was pretty solid with several 30-plus drivers, but with as competitive as we've said before that this Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League is, you ended up in a mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five-way tie for 28th yeah. in the, the standings in points earned at Martinsville. I said earlier, I'm in a, I don't know, it looks like seven or eight-way tie for 50th, um, but I am excited to say that there are several top guys that are that are tied with me in 50th here that normally run up front so it was not just me so let's take a look at the top 10 and it'll actually going to be the top nine because there's a three-way tie for ninth here in points earned at martinsville starting off with Waterbug, glaring idiots and hashtag lgm with 198 points earned in eighth we have fike 21 with 201 points earned seventh joe lopez won 202 Tie for fourth, a three-way tie for fourth here with Bragal 12, Sam Speedsters, and the Dalai Lama 4 with 203 points. 
In second, we have a tie here as well with Math Mom 4 and Blaney's Daisy with 205 points. And in the first position in points earned this past week at Martinsville Speedway for the team, Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, it's Rochi 12, 212 points. Let's take a look now at the overall standings in the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. I'm going to find myself here moving back down the list here after a strong showing last week. I'm a 37th position overall, 1,599 points. Steve, you have fallen. Nope, you are in the top 10. You are 10th here. Mez 12, 1,706 points. In ninth, we have Penske Fan 24, 1,712. In eighth, we have Blaney's Daisy with 1,723. In seventh is Go Larson, 1736. In sixth, we have Epic Chickens 1960, 1916 with 1,744. In fifth is Christian Dana, 1,749. In fourth is Blaring Idiots, 1,750. Tight race here, fourth through second. In Third, we have the Nutty Gamer, 1,752. And in second, we have the Fry Gal, 12, 1,754. And pulling away a little bit here is in the first position is Factory of Sadness, 6, with 1,814 points. Uh, so Factory of Sadness here is building a little bit of a cushion here uh, in the overall league standings. Um, Talladega Super Speedway, jumping back forward there to this weekend at that track. I tend to do a little bit of load management here. This is going to be a race where I'm probably starting folks like Todd Gilliland, probably starting folks like Michael McDowell. Um, just some people that have an opportunity that run, tend to run smart races at Super Speedways and survive and usually find their way toward the front. Probably going to have Ryan in my garage just in case, since because he's you know pretty dominant at these tracks at times. But I'm always tentative just to start him, so he, I might have him in my in my garage. Um, anybody else that you're you know keen on for this week's fantasy lineup at Talladega? Yeah, I, you know the the Logano Ryan combination, um, and even Cindric sometimes too, because if you look, most of the time they try to run them together, and they try to stay together. Um, see how literally, literally, if they get qualifying in Saturday, you know, that they're going to qualify pretty much together. Um, most of the, most of these teams, engine packages and, and their, their cars are, you know, set up for drag the same way. So, um, the, the, the Stuart Haas cars, uh, it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do with their super speedway. They definitely showed us something last weekend at, at Martinsville. So let's see what happens with their super speedway program here when they go to qualify, um, could be a bunch of Fords at the front, uh, to look at. And you, you said the 34, 38 are in that grouping. So, um, yeah, I mean, with the, with the, the, the way they qualified at Daytona, um, I, I really do feel like, uh, it could be, could be those guys all near the front all day. Um, you know, the big thing with, with Talladega and, and you only get one guy. Once again, this is one of those races. They should let you swap out three guys if you, if you could, because, uh, you only get one guy to swap out and you get the combination of uh, something happening in stage two uh, with, you know, three of your guys, you're pretty much your fantasy day is done. You know, even if you get two guys that win and finish second um, and the fact that uh, some guys don't race for stage points really screws up the fantasy too, because yeah, there are guys who are going to race near the back, not worried about getting in top 10 at the end of each stage. Uh, just worried about keeping their car in one piece. So um, you may want to look for guys like Ryan just based on that, 
you know, where, you know, he wants to run out front him and Joey might be out there bumping each other and maybe getting a stage win. Um, so there's a lot of points to be had there and some guys aren't really worried about it because they're trying to, you know, keep their car in one piece till stage three. So, um, yeah, I want to look at qualifying once again, we know though, that, you know, the, you know, the Fords, if they stick together and they, and they pit together and so on and so forth, they're going to do a good job. Their pit strategies have always been really good. Um, yeah, at Daytona a couple years, a couple years ago when we were there in the, for the summer race, uh, they, they all put it together and they've actually pinned, um, I think they pinned the Toyotas out there a lap or two longer than they wanted to be, you know, and mess them up, you know? So, uh, these are all great things to watch for, but, uh, like you said, you can pick, uh, you can pick the 16 car and he might run a good race too, you know? Well, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps things up for this week's episode. Just hoping for good weather good racing and another good finish for this 12 team to keep that momentum going forward as we continue on in the 2023 NASCAR cup series season. Thank you everyone. Once again, for tuning into this episode of the team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode from a couple of years ago that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at team dot Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And check them out at the track this week at Talladega. Yeah, we'll be there too. Woo! (laughs) So, for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Hey, don't forget to check out the TikTok. Good night, Brussels. Thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.